Ginger on ginger, ginger on ginger, Jacob has red hair, so does Alex. everybody and welcome to ginger on ginger the show where two redhead comedians choose a word phrase or concept and then talk about it through their gingery lens i'm jacob godby i'm alex tate and it is a beautiful fall day today it was very windy here lots of acorns falling on the ground and we have tin roofs at work roofs is that a word and uh so while i was eating lunch every once in a while i would just be like what was that and it's acorns falling on the metal roof two things i think you possess a roof there's a tin roof. We have multiple buildings with tin roofs. Okay. All right. <laughs> Is it R-O-O-V-E-S? Roofs? Roofs? It doesn't sound right, but, okay, but I don't but, know what else to call it. Uh, it's Okay, let me look up roof plural now. Roofs does not sound right. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like hooves? Yeah, yeah, hooves. It says plural roofs or roofs. Oh, both are except R-O-O-V-E-S. Yeah, roofs. that is, is a real thing. Which is correct? Roofs or roofs? Yeah, uh, the dictionary even lists roofs as an alternate to roofs. I mean, a we've started this podcast out with an absolute sexual energy that cannot be denied. <laughs> um, and B, I like I've been listening to some of the old episodes because I've been working hard at the studio, and um, we really need to change the podcast to two white dudes talk about the weather. Yeah, uh, we talk about the weather a lot, and we have like four episodes that are like, yeah. we have weather and winter and sunshine. And yeah, 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 I was like, oh, especially after the last week, so I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, and one of my coworkers at the very beginning of the podcast was like, you guys talk about outdoors in Montana a lot, and I was like, yeah, that's true. Um, maybe we should just ask people about this. I did have the idea. I haven't even run this by you yet. I had the idea to change the podcast and call it Wild Ginger, and it's just Outdoor Tales. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we could have a segment. Oh, yeah, segment. Yeah, and then we call it Wild Ginger. Um, because I like the police plotter. I like the weird ramshackle thing we've got going on here. Yeah, totally. Um, Speaking of, let me do a new ad, and then you can talk. Okay. <laughs> Restaurant.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Restaurant.com. With Restaurant.com, you can save... At thousands of restaurants across the country with just a few clicks. Their dining deals range from $5 to $100, never expire, and cost you a fraction of the face value. Dinner has never been easier with Restaurant.com. Used for dine-in, takeout, or delivery. Restaurant.com is offering our listeners 50% off their next purchase by going to www.restaurant.com slash podcast. That's www.restaurant.com slash podcast for 50 50% off your next purchase. Restaurant.com, the best deal every meal. All right. If you eat somewhere where they give out coupons that are $100 off the meal, uh, we should hang out sometime. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Because you know if they're giving you a coupon for $100 off the meal, that the meal is vastly more expensive than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not. You're not going to order like a $110 steak and yeah. then pay $10 <laughs> for it. So, Jacob, uh, yesterday the... Running store workout here in Bozeman moved locations. Oh, and it was just—it's lit. It was literally two doors down. We were like on Main Street. We moved to a different building, two doors down. It wasn't three doors down. Uh, no, and um, if I go crazy, uh, the uh, the my boss is also the high school cross country coach. Cool um, here, and he so he like employed some child labor. Yeah, um, you gotta. You gotta. And, 
and told them they could write it off as volunteer hours, blah, 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 to like help us like move the bulk over. And yeah. my God, that, and then me being like one of the uh, employees slash the only person besides my boss who is like comfortable telling people what to do, I guess. Like my, my, my manager, she is like, she was not about it. So she just like told me what to do. And then I had to like yell at a group of 30 <laughs> teenagers to like, yeah, you stop had to translate it around. into That speak. is the most I've interacted with teenagers in like nine years. I want to say they're a Wait, different generation. Holy shit. They are unrecognizable slash very relatable. So a couple things happened. Like they, I honestly speak a different language. I don't know what they're talking about half the time. <laughs> but B, for me, the funniest thing of the whole part was the the absolute chasm that exists between teenage boys and teenage girls. Oh, yeah. And their like maturity levels is outrageous. And I did not notice it when I was a teenager, but it's like so painfully obvious. Yeah. Teenage boys. I mean, if you're 17, you are basically 11. <laughs> oh my god they were so dumb and so annoying <laughs> and the girl i just like watched some girls just like look at the boys with like such disgust and i was like i get it this is a uh, this is tough as they're like running around and like punching each other and like farting and burping and shit like that and i was just like what is happening <laughs> one what time are in these sixth things? grade my teacher was like look around girls these are the guys you'll be dating in five to six years and they looked around at us and they were like oh no yeah yeah <laughs> and, I like, and i totally i was i was like ah oh, man i felt like such empathy because that was me you know that was i'm not gonna put myself above those boys at all i was loud yeah. and obnoxious and i thought i was the coolest thing and then simultaneously couldn't figure out why no one would date me <laughs> <laughs> And it's super fucking obvious. Yeah, you probably smelled really bad, too. Ah, oh, man, they all smelled so bad, the boys. And, well, some of the other girls did as well. Just teenagers in general. Good lord. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, uh, that was like an 11-hour day with a bunch Sweet. of teenagers. And, like, telling them what to do. <laughs> and then, like, trying to, like, I felt kind of bossy. And I felt kind of bad about it. I was like, if, you know, at some points I'll be like, if you're not doing anything, if you're just standing around, which they would co sort of like herd up, I'd be like, come with me. We got to go do stuff. And then I'll be like, tell them what to do. I'm like, we got to move all these shelves and they weigh a ton, but there was like 30 of them. So there was just like a bunch of minions. And then they would move the shelves and I'd be like, also, thank you guys. You're doing great. <laughs> you know, I, I don't uh, want to be one of those just people that yell at yeah. the youth. Um, I spend my whole day yelling at the youth, but on the opposite end of the of the childhood spectrum, I actually babysat this weekend and this family had like a four month old baby and they were like, he's already asleep. He's not going to wake up. And as soon as they shut the door on the way out, he goes, and I was like, damn it. So I just like had to pick him up and like, you know, he's not old enough to even like hold his head in place. You have to like yeah. cradle the head and I rocked him to sleep like three or four times. And every time I set him down in the crib, he would like wake up again and go Rah! and finally like the fourth time i was like all right i'm just gonna put you to sleep i'm gonna be a real good caregiver and i rocked for like 30 minutes and set him down and he was out for the rest of the night but it was like i know you don't spend time with babies but no when they're screaming at you in the middle of the night because you're just a stranger that they let into their house like, yeah uh it's weird it just puts you in a weird position you're like well i hope this works and i just like i rocked like real intensely <laughs> <laughs> do you think that makes a difference I don't like know. The intensity think, of rocking. You think kids are a lot like predators. They can smell your fear. 
So the cooler head that you keep, the better you're going to go. Like at first I was like, oh man, oh man. I started to get like a little flop sweat. And then yeah. I was like, yeah. I took a deep breath. I calmed down and he seemed to like calm down too. It's a, it's a real thing. Like the calmer you are, the, the better the situation is going to be. Yeah, that doesn't happen for me at all. <laughs> uh, what's our word of the day? Yeah, our word, phrase, or concept is super general this week. Art. Art. Yeah. I thought what does it mean to the you? word was super general. And I was like, that's a tough one, Alex. It's very specific. <laughs> super general. Someone, you know, that works in the military, probably has body armor on. And I like to think like a robot with like, like an arm cannon, like Mega Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am or super just, general. Just uh, someone that's like, oh, I'm in need of help. And someone like flies down and they're like, I could change a battery in a car. <laughs> And like you don't know too much about cars, and they're like, "No, but I I kind of know a general yeah. amount about cars. <laughs> I know a super general amount about cars. <laughs> no super general amount about everything." Um, I would say that art to me is exactly what we just did—the the act of comedic riffing on a trivial subject. Oh yeah, does that does that define art? To you? I think so. I think that someone could paint an accompanying visual piece. And it could be hung in a museum while a sample of this podcast plays in the background for the patrons. Would would that accompanying visual piece be literal? Would it be us as humans, or would it be much more interpretive? Would it be would it be like I'm I'm picturing these like flowing strokes with maybe some some jabby some jabby strokes, and those are the jokes. Yeah. I you was know? thinking interpretive as well. I was thinking of choosing an artist we both agree has good work and then just saying, hey, listen to this sample, paint what you feel. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, is, there any, is there any type of art that is art, you know? I'm not going to say it's not art, but just art that you don't like, that you're like, fuck this art. When I was a child, I didn't understand, like, modern art. I was yeah. like, that's well, dumb. It's... That's not art. And now I love it. Like, Marcel Duchamp, who just put a urinal in a fucking museum and called it yeah. art. I was like, hell yeah. I love that because it's not so much about what it is as a urinal. It's the act of defiance. You know, that's, it's, it's sort of a, uh, that in itself is art to me. I don't like overrated art though. The more something is beloved and with, with few exceptions, the more something is beloved, the less I tend to care about it. You know? What yeah. I mean? Uh, my, my rant, my rant is always, and forever will be a Jackson Pollock. Not a fan? I think Jackson Pollock is ass. <laughs> I don't get it. It's so stupid. <laughs> See, but the art is not the actual painting. It's the act that Jackson Pollock has somehow managed to appreciate value of those paintings and is making a living doing exactly that and making people like you mad. To me, that's the art of it. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, I, I I don't I don't discount it as art. Yeah, I get it. I get it that it's art. I discount it in the fact that visually, when I look at it, I go, "Fuck that." And there are like genres of music that I don't like, but but I've I think art just encompasses such a wide scope, and I've really learned. I know we've talked about this on the podcast before. I've really learned to just let people like things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you like Jackson Pollock, that's fine. Yeah, I don't exactly. Jackson Pollock, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry for Alex's behavior. Do you? You're a lot richer (laughs) than I'll ever fucking be. Yeah. But just so you know, I think your art is dumb. I sometimes wonder where to draw the line at 
what is art and what is not. Because I, I think there can be things that are creative, but not necessarily art. For example, my friend Carson and I, when we were very young, like sixth grade, I got a little MP3 player that had a little tiny recording like mic in it, and we yeah. recorded six acapella improvised rap albums into this <laughs> MP3 player. Now, is that art? Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Six albums. Yeah, albums. Six full albums, like six. 10 to 15 <laughs> tracks each, improvised. And all it took, it was six days. We would just do it. I would go over to his house, and we'd spend like the night just going, and we would beatbox for each other. So imagine two young children's faces like squashed right next to each other with a little like harmonica-sized MP3 player, and Carson going, and me with my high voice going like, yo, what's up? I'm going to talk to you. And then when my verse was done, I'd be like, all right, now we're going to switch. Dude, that's- and I go, I go, and he does a rap. I might just throw a sample in at the end of this. He won't be happy with me, but I'll, I'll ask. I'll get his approval first. That's but. so much content. That's so much content. Imagine if Frank Ocean had could put out that amount of work. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? It's creative, <laughs> but is it art? <laughs> so I'm going to tell you why you should eat bananas. Wait, shoot, baby. I'm rubbing my vegetables. You better get that right. So, no, so you bring it to... He knows, fam. Okay, now, what about... Tomatoes, or tomatoes, or potatoes, or potatoes! Chorus! I mean... I, I guess it's I this like defining art, I think, is an impossible thing. I agree. Because the the old adage of like art is in the eye of the beholder is super true. Un- unfortunately, you know, yeah. I, sometimes I wish there was like a hard definition because there is art that I don't think is creative and I think is stupid. But, you know, Picasso's blue phase is another one. Yeah. Yeah. You um, know, come on. Come on. Do you think that art can be circumstance? Like, f- for example, uh, someone pulls into the parking spot right before you, uh, the, the one you're trying to get or whatever. But then after you come back, you see they have a ticket on their vehicle because they parked in a red zone or whatever. Is that art? Is that circ- ironic circumstance art? I don't think so. I don't think that's art. I, I, yeah, I don't see that as art. I see the verbal destruction I give the person that just snaked my parking space as as art. Right, uh, but verbal destruction and the windows are both up, and you're just saying it to yourself. Oh correct? yeah, yeah, yeah. I would again, <laughs> super. I've never been in a fight. I've never been punched, nor have I ever punched anyone in my entire life. I will never confront someone. So, is the first time that you rightfully land a destructive punch? Would that be art? I that that would be contextual. I think. You know. Yeah. I I uh, that video of. What's his fucking face? The white supreme uh, Richard Spencer? Oh, him getting punched? That's getting, art. That is art, man. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, I agree. And so that's, I. you're right, man. Sometimes it would be nice. Like the hard line, I tend to just find like a small amount of artists that whose work I enjoy and like they kind of curate, help curate the things that I consume, you know? And, and is art always meant to be consumed i don't know i've you're giving me some big brain thoughts here (laughs) yeah for me i think it is in some way it's meant to be experienced in some way shape or form it has to be oh i like that it meant to be experienced because you can create it and you can consume it but those are both experiences i like that yeah but like it's like if a tree falls in the woods you know, if if you make art and <laughs> you hide it. If art gets made in the woods. <laughs> if art gets made in the middle of Siberia, Russia, in a place nobody knows about, and no one ever sees it, is that really art? I don't think it is. 
If no one, oh. if truly no one ever sees it ever again, oh. if it's just gone in the woods, if somebody one time stumbles upon it, I think it does become art instantly. Interesting. I. But if the artist makes it and it is totally forgotten about and never seen by human eyes ever again or experienced by a human being ever again, I don't think it's art. And I think it does have to be a human being. I don't think animals count because they don't have uh, like uh, the consciousness to like ask what it is. I might have to disagree with you there because you know there's a perfect screenplay out there sitting on some person's hard drive that is art, but they lack the like connections to get it out to the world for it to be. I I don't I think that. But art, does that that makes it not art? No one's experiencing it then. No but one. They they experience the creation of it. You know. Yeah. So. But, but that makes it art to them, right? Yeah, I guess. Would you say that you and I have made art together? Uh, oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> there's a few things to like i know art is subjective but i also think there are some like in in some ways i think there are objective truths about art and it is not married to how much effort was put into things because i promise you that some of the best things i've ever made are some of the things i've worked the least hard on it's just in like a fit of inspiration it's like oh blah, here it is you know oh yeah so my this architecture project I just did, I ended up putting a lot of effort into it, but the idea came from me sitting at my desk, putting sticks together. Right. Or like Chinese democracy, the guns and roses album that took like 14 years to complete. That doesn't make it better than the other guns and roses albums that they made in two weeks in the studio. You know, definitely not on some levels. I think they, you know, it's overcooked. Yeah. Oh, I love the concept of overcooking things. Yeah, you go like you put too much effort in, like knowing when to stop and knowing when to be like, uh, this is what it is. Yeah. Well, especially it's, with music to me, you're just trying to capture a moment and trying to capture a feeling. And honestly, like there you're there's like the perfect like al dente song. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's not overcooked, but it's not too raw. If it's not too raw, it's not gonna connect with a lot of people. If it's overcooked, it feels that way. And I don't it is like a t- it's a tangible feeling that like oh this has just been too labored over yeah oh definitely and and um i think that's a little part of my theory while why uh vinyl is making such a comeback is because like uh records and the production now is so perfect and so crisp it sounds less genuine now there's people who master albums that do better jobs than others but um Whereas when you listen to like a, like a, not a remastered vinyl, like an, an original vinyl of whatever band you're, you know, I don't think it's as crisp and I, but it's still good, but it's just not as perfectly crisp. Maybe you hear the pick hitting the guitar string or something like that. Um, instead of like the noise the guitar makes and stuff like that. And I think that makes it a little more genuine. And I think people miss that. And I think that's why vinyl has lasted as long as it has. I agree. And and for me, a lot of it is the packaging too. You know, if I really love an album, part of that is really loving the artwork and really loving, you know, the layout of the whole thing. Like there are some vinyls that I have where I like the actual like layout and artwork more than the music itself. But Oh yeah. Judging a book by its cover, at least when it comes to albums, is I'm super guilty of that shit. Yeah. So do you think art can be made? I mean, I'm going to preface this by saying yes. 
Right. But I was going to ask if you think art can be made by like committee, like when a movie has nine screenwriters or when James Patterson has a ghostwriter, you know, is that, is that art? It's, I think, I think it's a lot harder and it takes the perfect team. I yeah. don't, I don't know if you can, uh, you know, I don't think if you can cobble people together in a room that just met and be like, make something worth they can make something and it could be considered art but i don't think it's gonna be good okay yeah it's kind of uh art is kind of a fascist or dict dictator (laughs) i think if it's one person with one single mindset it can come out a lot better as long as that person is willing to self-reflect yeah you know yeah and that's called being an auteur in the film world um okay. instead of you know a fascist <laughs> dictator. Well, i didn't i didn't have another no word i like it. it i like it no <laughs> i i'm making fun of the film world because sometimes they should just call it what it is you know like <laughs> there are lots of shitty directors out there that should just be called dictators um but yeah i i think art can be or art is commercialized but I, I wish it was like commercialized different you know what i mean like i wish i could yeah. trade a song for like like in the olden times like oh i'll, t- I'll take two chickens for a song you know yeah yeah, yeah. or if, I, if if you like if you play if you rocked up to a town you could play in a bar and they'll give you you could play that night and they'll give you like a meal and a place to sleep right exactly because the idea of make making money from it is wild like the hierarchy of commercializing art is crazy that some of the best songs that have ever been written will never be heard and will never be paid for. Oh yeah. Um, Which, you know, there is no like perfectly democratic system where the best rises to the top, you know, like there's just no way to do it, but especially with the internet. Um, I think the internet has helped that process. I do. I do too. And, but it has also muddied the waters a little bit. Oh yeah. 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 Totally. But I think um, it's good that everyone has access. People of all backgrounds can have access to get their stuff heard and consumed. Don't get me wrong. I, I do think that's a great thing. Speaking of, what do you think of like the cost of art? Either the cost it takes to make your art, aka like produce a good record, it costs a huge amount. Or, you know, some of these I've heard this really wild theory. Um, that I don't know if it's based in fact at all, and it sounds a little um, tinfoil hat-y, that rich people buy art and then value art really rich? Or or they... Yeah. They get their friends to make them art, and then they get someone to value that art at something that's very, very expensive, so then it makes their net worth go up more? Hmm. Does that make sense? So, like, you're... So pretty rich you have a friend who's an artist you have them make a painting for you you take it to an art deal your art friend and they say uh, this is worth three hundred thousand dollars suddenly you're now the owner of a three hundred thousand dollar painting yeah 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 that makes sense i think the rules of art and how they how it's been priced is so arbitrary and i honestly think people it, I mean, it's too late. We can't go back to paying more for our art. But I remember when I had to pay $15 to get a CD and I'd have to just listen to it for the rest of the month. That was my music budget. And then yeah. Apple just came along and was like, nope, all music is worth 99 cents a song. And it just, it's all arbitrary. Like if we wanted to, we could tear it all down. If all the artists in the world went on strike and said, hey, 
we're not making anything until you start paying us more. People would, I, but because there's been such a, like an easy and accessible way like Spotify, where you literally don't have to pay anything to hear yeah. almost every song like yeah. ever recorded. It's frustrating because I don't know if we'll ever be able to go back. And and as someone who has tried to monetize their art, that can be difficult because they didn't, people don't see the hours you put into it and the and the. Uh, I was going to say blood, sweat, and tears, but I, <laughs> I cannot say that I've really bled for my art or even sweat that much. I tend to have like a fan going. Do you think that would like squash the little guy though? You know, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here, but do you yeah. think if, if all, if Spotify was only premium, right? There was no free Spotify. Yeah. Yes. And you know, do you think that would hinder a lot of sp- you know, Spotify's listeners and then Spotify would be like, well, we can't offer anything for your streams. That's possible. Yeah. Also, we would probably see like a sort of return to like the sixties and seventies where there were only a hundred bands. <laughs> yeah. True. And every, you had to listen to one of the hundred bands. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's tough and it's going to, it's been getting even harder now that smaller artists can't tour because that's where a lot of their living was made. I mean, a lot of bands have like an 80-20 cut. Label gets 80. They get 20% on streams and album sales, and they make most of their money while they're touring. So without yeah. that, it's like, I think we're going to see a shift in album marketing and sales and also <laughs> like contracts for bands. Like, you know, splitting 50-50 with labels or even 60-40 just because streaming will... I don't know. I, I Apple Music pays out twice as much as Spotify. So if you're listening to my songs, please do it on Apple Music. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. They do. They pay twice as much out. And it's still not a lot. It's like 0.000004 cents or whatever. But yeah. it is more than Spotify. And I, I can look on the back end and see that I have made more money from Apple Music than I have Spotify, even if I have well, gotten more plays on Spotify. Hmm. I don't Art. know. Do you, do, you think it's, do you think it's justified for you know like taylor swift pulled all her shit off spotify for that time because she said she wasn't getting paid enough like really does Hell it matter yeah. does it matter no. when she makes a billion streams for her personally she's get a billion streams a year right? i'm always put give the power back to the artist like even in her situation where if there's more money to be made i say go for it if, if you want to like have control of your you know, your music and your royalties do it. Like do not, if, if you're big enough that you don't have to like live under Spotify's thumb or whatever, just go for it. I'm glad she did. And I wish more artists had, you know, the capabilities to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting for me going through architecture school now and seeing that, you know, I, I struggle with, the cost of like good architecture because oh, I, I should say i think architecture is art as well i agree i'm sorry we talked about music and not <laughs> no it's fine but you know but i don't think it needs to be that way and and i think we can go into like this can like translate into art as a whole i think if you like brain power you should pay the person to design something for you and if you give them a budget, they will work within that budget and they will design something that is way better than 98% of the buildings on the planet. You know, like 98% of the buildings suck. They just suck because people got lazy. Not because, yeah. um, 
I honestly, not because of budget constraints. You can build a home out of really simple materials mm-hmm. for pretty cheap. Um, relatively, I mean, building a home as a whole is expensive. Um, but honestly, land is super expensive. Building a home, depending on where you are, is not that expensive. Um, but if it's just designed, you know, it will be that much better. Yeah. If it's designed with a purpose. Love the idea, like you said, architecture wise to, to support artists, you know, to support, like, that's why we got Zoe to do the Mrs. Ghost thing. Cause I Hell like yeah. her artwork and I, someone that likes your buildings should pay you to do a building for them. Like I, I, I do like the idea of buildings as art. And in fact, there's one in Austin in the skyline that's like, it's been, I've seen it pop up in the news, like nationally as in discussions about architecture. And it's, it's, it's a skyscraper. And then there's like two or three floors that are just like poked out. Like it looks like a Jenga tower that's starting to be like poked Hmm. and like a block is being poked out. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. I think it's really important where you lay your head, you know? Yeah. In a super hippie dippy way. in, in a way that I can't describe any better. There's like a, don't you want to like feel nice in your home? Don't, don't you want it to like spiritually connect in some way? Not, not in like a God way, but just in like a something other than the actual home, like connect with your home, you know? Yes. I want nothing more than that. Having lived in a series of apartments over the last few years. Yeah. And and I think that's up to, I think that's like, that's what architects and designers jobs are is making that happen. And I don't think that needs to be super expensive. I just think it comes down to like laying things out and spending your money in smart places. I completely agree. Um, yeah, man, this was a, this was a good discussion about art. <laughs> yeah. We made no jokes for like a half hour there. I know that was just a good discussion. I just, yeah, like I said, I've been in the studio a lot. So I've been having like philosophical discussions with my classmates about all this shit. Some of them, there's one, there's one kid in particular he doesn't listen to this podcast. He doesn't even know I do a podcast. Man, he, he just, I don't know what he's talking about. Like but I think he's beyond you or? Yeah. Well, I just, I think he's on to something. Okay. But, I, you know, I, right now the building we're designing, he's like, we're like, what are you designing? And he's like, I'm going to take water and I'm going to push it into a sack. And when the, when the water gets pushed into a sack with different densities, that'll like expand the sack in different ways. And we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Look, architecture doesn't have to be science, okay? I was like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? And then my professor's like, yeah, yeah, this guy's onto something good. And I'm like, okay. That's cool. That's, that's real. I love right. being in the room with someone like that where you're like, oh man, you are on another level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's, you know, I think we're all like thinking outside the box. We, we all are, you know, like none of them, none of the buildings we're creating are really, um, you know, normal or anything like that. Like they're all pretty out there. But yeah. man, he is way out there boys in, <laughs> and it's good i think it's good i wish sometimes i could get that place i mean yeah. he's gonna have to rein it back but i feel like it's better to go super far extreme and rein it back than like not push hard enough i completely agree it's always easier to go too far i mean you and i in our comedy have done that too where we we go way 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 too far and then we have a friend go all right dial it back a little bit yeah if only someone would have said that when we showed porn on stage <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was, we, we definitely needed a, like a third <laughs> party on that show. The second ever gingers on ice show. And, uh, one of our worst. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't call it quite a sophomore slump, but 
we have talked about ginger, uh, creepy gingers too, and the worst sketch we've ever performed together. And that happened at that show. With the porn also? That was the same show. Yeah. That was the same show? God, yes. I don't know if I connected those two. Also, Jesus we just started, the, it was the very beginning of a porn. We, saw, we showed two girls kissing, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think that was the part people had a problem with. I don't think there was homophobes in the audience. I think it was the fact that it was very obviously a porno. And people were like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> How far are we going to go here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You want to do some police blotter? Yeah. Police blotter. Police blotter. A caller reported a ferret just fell out of an apartment window. Animal control responded. The owner came to the police department and was reunited with their ferret. <laughs> okay. Good Lord. Just like, it's raining stoats. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ferrets are like fuzzy slinkies. They're very odd. It's, they're like a mammal with no bones. A caller reported an individual moving cones around a construction site. I like to think that it was just like a rival construction company. <laughs> and they didn't get the bid for this particular yeah. job. And so, and he wasn't, you know, he's just like, I'm. Just, this is just going to fuck them up. They're just going to come back in the morning and be like, what the, f- <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Who moved our cones? <laughs> Why? Yeah, this, this is not where like the loading dock is supposed to go and stuff like that. What? A caller reported an adult pig was wandering around their house on the gravel road. (laughs) (laughs) Not an adolescent pig, an adult full-grown boar. Yes. (laughs) You don't see a lot of those just wandering around the road. That's actually kind of noteworthy. A full-size pig, and some people have been around ranches, Uh, this is obvious, they're humongous. They're so fucking big. I don't think people who haven't spent a lot of time around but you see those little teacup pigs there's no such thing as a teacup pig yeah not in that, montana anyway no 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 that doesn't exist those are just oh. baby pigs they will grow up into pretty <laughs> big pigs okay i didn't know that we hadn't like breeded them into existence no no, no. like those teacup pigs they'll grow you know they're not gonna grow like 500 pounds but they're gonna get 80 90 pounds damn <laughs> but if you ever see like a 500 pound pig it's outrageous it's huh. so fucking big and kind of yeah, disgusting yeah. All right, last one here for you, Alex. A caller reported that three individuals filled their car with diesel instead of gasoline, and now the car is broken down on East Boulevard. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, they called the police for that. They called the police for that. Yeah, and I feel bad. It's probably someone who just got their learner's permit or something, and they were like, all right, I'm going to go fill the car, Dad. I'll be right back. And <laughs> They make it so painfully obvious. That it's diesel. I that know, it's diesel. They probably saw, you know how diesel, I don't know if it's still cheaper, but it used to be like way cheaper than gas. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might have been, like, I remember as a kid asking my dad, hey, diesel's cheaper. Why don't we just fill the truck with that? And he was like, mm, you stupid, stupid idiot. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. May, okay. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was like a 15, 16-year-old and they were in their dad's car. Yeah. Or their dad's truck or something like that, or their mom's right. truck. And they were like, trucks take diesel. But it, <laughs> it didn't. I think that is, that's like the explanation I'm settling on, is that it was a teenager who just made like an innocent mistake trying to like save a penny or whatever. <laughs> I did. I I did used to know someone who owned a um, a diesel Volkswagen. Yeah. About every time they would fill up, someone would walk over to them and be like, stop, 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 stop. You're putting diesel in your mouth. And they'd be like, no, this car takes diesel. I didn't realize that diesels like have to like warm up or whatever. Like, it's, Yeah, you have to get the bulbs warm. Yeah. This, 
I'm all about give me my automatic transmission with my <laughs> like gasoline that's just made to make the car go. <laughs> <laughs> give me my dead dinosaurs and I'm gone gone. Yes, I'm not I'm not a manual guy. I know your truck's manual, but I don't get it. I don't like it. Uh, I like it in the wintertime. I, I don't get it. Why, though? Like, I need my... So I can engine brake and not step on the brakes. I can just shift down. I can make yeah. the car shift down, and then the car slows down, and I don't step on the brakes, thus helping me not slide. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, that, that's a valid point. That's the major reason. Plus, it keeps me more engaged with the road. I feel See, like automatic. if I have an automatic, I can zone out, and then yeah. when you zone out, that's when bad things happen. Whenever I need to slow down in the winter, I just throw it from drive into first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's doing the same thing, though. That's like No, sh- I'm that's kidding. I would never do that to my car. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I well, did that. do that one time when I was learning how to drive. I was in my dad's truck with him, and I was going like 35 down a county road, and I just popped it into like seconds, and it just went... My dad was like, do not ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just took years off this car's life. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to talk about? That's about it. All right. I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Ginger on Ginger is brought to you by the idea of just taking a big saw, cutting Florida off, and pushing it out into the ocean so we don't have to worry about it because I cannot... St- um, it's done. <laughs>